It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. It's Tuesday afternoon. It's myself, Declan McConville, joined by James McKenzie, Brian Degden. It's Love Day. We're sharing the love and axiom here on this Valentine's Tuesday. I know it's a special day um, for, for Celtic fans all around the world for another reason. Well, I won't dwell too much on that. So it's a happy Valentine's Day to you all. You all know what I mean. It's a very happy Valentine's Day. Brian, we were just saying before we came on air, Half past seven this morning, Celtic dropped the video. They gave us a wee teaser last night. We were going to get to see the players respond to um, some tweets coming in from from fans. Um, Callum McGregor looked a wee bit anxious, I think, after watching some of that. But what was your whole take on the whole, uh, you know, players sitting down to read the tweets out? Some of a wee bit, wee bit over the top, I think. I, I hated it. I thought, um, 
I think with these guys, with the, the players sitting down, it is kind of funny in a way to see them. I like when you see the, the one with Greg Taylor and um, Johnson was really quite good. He was teaching the sports phrases. That was kind of fun, right? Because obviously they're both quite funny guys. But you cannot, you simply cannot get Aaron Moy reading a tweet to get a funny response. The big man was doing this. He said, I know he's going to load his way through and he wants me to say hello. And it, it was criminal. I felt it as if it lasted about an hour and a half. He's brilliant at football. He's not a good talker. You can't be putting these things out. No, for me. Hated it. Yeah. Just, just let everybody know, Brian is available for Steve Irwin impressions, if that's what you're after, by the way. Um, James, uh, what was your take on it? I thought uh, you could have probably put Jot in front of the camera for the whole five minutes of it. I think he was uh, he was certainly the highlight of it. You know, when he, he's talking about that mullet, ready for anything. He sees Glaswegians getting even better when he talks about going for a wee dance. Um, I, I would have just rather they'd fired Jot in front of the camera, I think, for the whole... Hey, Spiel, what was your whole take for the video? It was, it was quite funny. Half it was people calling each other really handsome. The other half was people asking to kiss Moy and Maida's heads. Which yeah. I thought was very strange. Well, I can't believe shaved James. That's what I was surprised about. I right. Brian, I was expecting him to have shaved the barnet when he came on the day, by the way. <laughs> well, I've got a bald cap for Halloween last year. Maybe I should have uh, rocked up for that one. Um, but I... Uh, Thanks to everybody who's tuning in just now. Um, we've got people from Melbourne and Australia, Plymouth. Um, you're all very welcome on here. Before we get into the meeting bones, we've just kind of touched on that wee bit of light-heartedness, could you say, um, on this Valentine's Day. From If you've not checked out, go and watch it. It's probably nine minutes you won't get back, but it's quite funny. One thing I was actually really impressed about it, taking away from the, the, the laughter, and it was real Hitati, Brian. Um, he obviously said in that, that diary um, entry that he does, I think it's every kind of three months or whatever, that, um, you know, coping with not being selected for the World Cup, he was talking about um, how he's adapting to life in Glasgow. And one thing he, he, you know, paid particular attention to was when he's going to Lennox Town in the morning, he's trying to learn English. And it was quite impressive, you know, and now being at Celtic for a year, to, to see him in that video, you know, he's rather than speaking his, his native tongue, he's he's having a go. Aye, absolutely. And I, I tell you what, you know, his English <clears> is considerably better than my Japanese so I kind of fought the guy for it. Um, what I really like about Hitati is that I remember, I think it's towards the end of last season, he wrote an article about just having moving and loving himself and you know, feeling mentally great and, and struggling a wee bit and being tired. And some people were kind of critical. I thought it was excellent from him. I thought it was really nicely written. I thought it was quite brave to, to open up. And I think it's really refreshing when you see players, you know, just chatting about their feelings, chatting about their situation, chatting about their thoughts. I think it's really good. I think it's something that you know people in general, especially guys and especially athletes, don't do enough. Um, so I think it's really key for people to open up and hopefully if people see guys like that doing it, maybe they'll be encouraged. Um, but in terms of the, the football thing, I think what it says about his character is he's determined to improve and make the absolute best in a situation. I think you can see that this season. He's been getting better. And I know we're going to talk about the game for the weekend in a bit, but his um, impact off the bench, it wasn't just the, the goals, it was a real desire to impress and make sure he starts next thing. So I just think it's, it's a, he's got a great attitude and I think that really came across. Absolutely. James, 
uh, we'll, we'll kick off with you, Hitati, because where else a better place to start with? Of course, we're going to be talking about um, Kyogo and O-Duty, obviously the B-man going off at the weekend, what that might mean potentially for the Via Play Cup final. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. But but in real Hitati, I think as Brian says, you know, a lot of us thought there'd be a lot of rotation going at the weekend. I certainly said that on here on Friday. See the team sheet come out on Saturday um, at the back of four. One change from the St. Johnson game. That one change... Uh, escape me who I think it was Adam Moy coming in um, in midfield um, or David Turnbull coming in probably actually um, but in terms of that you know when, when you're looking at it we were saying before we came on air that you know the manager has spoken about whether it's players 5 minutes 45 minutes a chance to impress you who had came on and he was you know I know it was 10 men in St Murn on Saturday but he was absolutely fantastic when he came on he takes that second goal mag- magnificently well yeah, there was this when Hatati and O'Reilly came on, I thought that's Celtic went up to a new level. I thought we were already playing it right. It was sort of the standard performance that I've come to expect over uh, recent weeks. But the game that really changed when they came on. Hatati was involved in absolutely everything in that. The fifth goal that you were just mentioning there, it's a brilliant finish. It's was it, it was first time as well, like right into yeah. that top corner. Yeah. It was a fantastic finish and it was good to see Matt O'Reilly get his first goal of the season as well. I think the only other goal he's had was in that wee sort of friendly we had against Wren during the mm-hmm. sort of off period. But the fact that we've got these players coming off the bench and they're able to make an impact, it shows that there's five minutes, 45 minutes, no matter how much time you get, there's a chance to impress. And Rio Tati absolutely done that in the game at the weekend and for sure he will probably be back in the starting lineup for the next fixture. Yep, no doubt he'll probably start the game against Aberdeen. Um, Brian that probably takes his own nice into the kind of midfield setup. It was something again we spoke about on Friday. Things can change very quickly. Um, it wasn't Aaron Moy's best performance in a Celtic jersey at the weekend by any means. But again, you've got Matt O'Reilly cover off the benches, back chapter at the door of the manager gets that first goal. You mentioned last week. You know he's still got the top assists at the club, and um, you know everybody just playing their part just now. But in terms of Matt O'Reilly, it was great to see him get that goal eventually. Well, I'm always happy to see Big Matt. Um, I've been seeing him Valentine's, Valentine's Day cards every every week since he joined. Um, no, listen, listen, he's, nice. he's an excellent player and I think he came on and done really well as well. I think um, when you've got a player that has quality coming off the bench, I think it really illustrates the, the, the strength of depth, particularly in midfield. And as you see, Aaron Moy, didn't he? The, the, it's game, but I think he set up the, they set up the first goal, didn't he? Yeah. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Still, still, still with a, a, a strong contribution. Um but yeah, we really come on. It's good to see him score. Hopefully, if he keeps scoring, that's the only thing that's been missing for his game. If he can get that down, start improving again, get back into the side. And the thing about it is as well, you're no disappointed when you see the team lineups, regardless of who's starting and who's not. I mean, generally speaking, we always do our predictions, who would you start, who do you think's going to start, etc. But very few times do you look at it and go, oh no, why is he starting him? What's going on? It's just not that type of squad now. And it almost doesn't matter. And I know we're going to talk about Kyogo, but even if Kyogo's no playing, you still sort of think there's enough there. And the system's so strong and the players are so drilled that, yeah, of course, individual brilliance always counts. But you can sort of take someone out of that and it doesn't really affect the whole team dynamic. And I think it's just an amazing situation to be in. I think... Um, Colin was talking the other day about how much easier and how much more pleasurable it is talking about Celtic now. 
as opposed to in the sort of latter days of Lennon's time. Mm-hmm. But also the team was playing really poorly. And then it, it, it seems so long ago for you watching a game playing that badly because I, I think we've spoiled with the football we've seen, I think, honestly. Yeah, it's a, it's a special team. It's a special group of players at this point in time. Um, you know, that's a we link back to, uh, I popped up on Twitter um, earlier today that it was two years ago today that we, we won up at um, McDermott Park. Godson Edwards scored two cracking goals for Celtic. Um, and that was actually the last time that we won on the road until the beginning of October in 2021. So even even that's less than two years ago. Um, and yeah. think about that, you know, in a context of, you know, February to October, a Celtic team no winning in the road at all. Is, is unbelievable um, to think about. Well, James, I'll bring in this comment here. Um, people are speaking about, you know, and using that, that five sub rule well here, saying, you know, it's a joy having a strong start to live in a bench that is solid. This five sub rule has been a godsend and uses it to the max. But I'm going to fire the flip of that over to you. K-Match, who's coming in the comments here to say the whole point of having two players at every spot is to use two players at every spot. What's the point of having them if you don't use them? What's your take on that? Because obviously, first part of the season, we were navigating through a Champions League campaign and we were using the squad to maximum effect. We were going midweek into weekend. Has it surprised you that the rotation's not been as much or can you not rotate your team too much when you're playing, you know, once every week and you're building towards a cup final? Well, due to the system that Celtic play, every player needs to be in tip-top fitness. It has to be at the sort of best possible level it has to be. So I think... We've got the team there that could play two times a week, week in, week out. And with how packed the fixture schedule's been getting recently, it's sort of it's going to wind down a bit as we get closer to the end of the season and the Cups start to wind down as well. But I would have expected a bit more rotation, but there's still been quite a lot of rotation anyway. In the Cup, we had David Turnbull coming, a rare opportunity for him. But just on, I think, two players for each position is how I would set up a team if I was a manager anyway. It's really smart for man that you've got high quality in every single position. Anybody could drop out, you'd be confident with the replacement that's going to come in. And that's what a top team does. I think this five sub rule, it's really benefited Celtic, I think. I know every team has five subs, but not every team has the depth that we have. It's a testament to the team that Ange has built. Brian, what's your take on it? Because I know people will continually say, you know, they're, they're concerned that you know, people might start to become frustrated at that and, and whatever else. But to me at this point in time, kind of looking at February's fixture hall, apart from that Livingston game um, at the beginning of the month, that was only midweek fixture. I think when you're building towards the cup final, as I say, it's very different, difficult to make too many alterations to your team and you want to build momentum towards something like that. I think maybe off the back of that, you might see starting to make those changes. I know we're, we're going to talk about Hearts in the Scottish Cup and um, that draw happened yesterday, but I think for me anyway, it's one game now to go before that Rangers game, and everybody's going to want to play in it. Yeah, so there's a couple of a couple of points here. So I've I've, I've heard a lot of people saying that the the five sub rule benefits Celtic more because it's better players. But I would the argument I would say against that is that if you look at St Mirren and look at their performance, right? I thought St Mirren were pretty good. Against us, I think the five-one scoring flattered us. If I'm honest, I thought I thought it was a tighter game than that. But the reason they played so well is because they were really, really fit and they were working so, so hard. Right now, inevitably, what's going to happen is their fitness levels are going to crash 
and then we start to dominate at the end. But if they can replace half their outfield team, surely that's just as much of an advantage. So if they can replace those five players that get tired and keep playing that way, there's nothing to say they couldn't get the result. So I think the five sub rule does benefit, even for that perspective, even if it's maybe not a skill thing, from a, a, a Australia fitness perspective. Obviously, we sell you get better quality coming off. But that's just because you could make that, if you take that argument to its logical conclusion, then we shouldn't be allowed to make any subs because we've always got better quality coming off the bench, so we've always got an advantage. So I think I think it's a wee bit overrated to sort of say to are benefiting more for the five sub rule because I don't really agree with it. What I would like to see in terms of rotation, because I think it, that's the other thing. I know Ange doesn't do mass rotation, but I think very rarely does he play the same starting 11 twice. I think there's often at least one, maybe two changes. The only thing he doesn't tend to change is the back four or back five if you count Joe Hart. But he has said in the past that's the hardest place to get into his team is the defence. Um, the only thing I would like to see different is, you know, maybe the last two subs of the game could be like a, a, a Vata or a Lol or an Iwata, guys that maybe haven't played a lot mm-hmm. to come on, especially if you're a couple of goals up. I'd like to see more of the, the sort of no fringe players, but guys that maybe a bit of a chance, even the Kobayashi's to come in for the last 15 minutes of a game. If you're winning 3 now, there's no reason not to do it. So I'd like to see more of that, but I can't say I've got a, a huge issue with the, the rotation because I think I think Anne said it well a while ago. He says when people are questioning the lineups, they know about 10% of what I know about what I'm seeing every day. So it could be attitude, mm-hmm. could be fitness, could be the way they've trained. There's always reasons. So you I think we've um, I think we've all been scolded by trying trying to second guess Ange because usually he, he proves us all wrong every single week, which and you know all the better for it. Yeah, uh, and can I go into a cup game? You know, some of us would have thought. Uh, I keep touching back that kind of Rafe Rovers game last season that you might you might have got you know four or five subs, but as I say, I just think with the the, the fixture pile up, it would have been interesting had you had you know whether it be Europa League or uh, football after. Christmas, some form of European football. If you would have then seen that rotation there, but that's not in our fixture schedule, so you, you're just playing it as it is. I mean, you've only got one fixture a week. You just need to manage your squad to the, the best of that point. And again, as I say, I think that's building towards that cup final, um, which is, you know, it's one game at a time, but it's still bit the back of the manager's mind to have that in his thoughts. Um, you know, that Aberdeen game is going to come. It's going to be our, our final league game before that cup final. Again, you wouldn't expect too many changes um, going into that team. But as I say, I think it's always going to be a kind of... It's going to be a debate in Celtic fans because people are going to say, you know, you've got a big squad there, use it. Whereas others are going to say, you know, you don't want to change a a winning team too much. But I, I think, you know, looking at... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Other cup scalps and whatever else that we were right not to take St Mum, um, you know, as an easy game. Because you say, Brian, I thought they played pretty well. They had a go at Celtic Park, the two up top. They kind of went into a 5-3-2 towards the latter stages of the game, um, which was, you know, sort of a 5-2-2 almost because of your man getting sent off. But, uh, yeah, fair play to St Mum for, for that um, at the weekend. I think I remember as well, Dex, there's always two two sides to it. So, say you... Say we'd have rotated the squad as you say against St Mirren and played maybe some younger players, the so-called French players, and yeah. they get beat. Then if they blames that and they say, "So why did you rotate?" Or if you play some of the younger players, he's not ready. He shouldn't beat Celtic. The pressure suddenly worse. The flip side is if you play these guys and they're winning, you go hold on, maybe they can hold a place down. So there's always two ways of looking at it. I think that you know, as much as you want to see rotation, maybe some of these guys would play. I'm dying to see water. Play. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to say what I, I said on Friday. I think if he does play, he'll McGregor will move forward and he'll drop into McGregor's number six. I don't think McGregor will get dropped, so that would be quite good. Um, so you might see wee bits of rotation like that, but again, it's it's a it's a fine margin because you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you win it all and these guys get dropped, then you say why you dropped him? He won last week. If you play them, then don't get beat. You say why you don't play him again? So it's yeah, I understand how frustrating and how difficult it must be for the manager. No, absolutely. And, you know, what do we know that the manager knows base always, in my opinion, we can only kind of uh, think as fans what we would do and what. Ramble, uh, ramble, that's it. And James, you know, at the weekend, maybe a lot of us would have thought, oh, Kyogo's went off the park, here comes Owen. But the manager didn't do that. He went to Dyson Maida and, you know, playing through the middle, Something he does for his international side, he, and he did it the the World Cup there. That's where he gets his goal from, and, and it's great that we've also got that option there and a flexibility with the forward players that we can do that in the game. Yeah, I was in the exact same boat. As soon as Kyogo went off, I was thinking, well, this will be a good what seventy minutes to see Oh Gu get a proper sort of bash at it. Once one glance at Tottenham, you're wondering why is he not coming on. But then we're all proven wrong as Dyson Maeda moves to the middle and scores minutes after Kyogo goes off so well, I think don't doubt Ange there's only been maybe two instances I can think of this season where you could have doubted the team selection you'd have been proven right that would be St Mirren and the Ibrox game those are the only two instances I can think of but at the end of the day we're just fans Ange's manager he picks the team and probably 99% of the time he's bang on yeah absolutely Um, and Brian in terms of that you know it's our tagline today um, you know we want to look at oh he gets his first goal for Celtic at the weekend as I say Dyson Maeda get his goal playing through the, the, the middle but I think that'll do all the, the world a good and you know as a Celtic forward I think at this point in time that's the kind of goals you want to see him score because how many times do we put those flashing balls across the box um, so it was great for, for both of them um, to get the goal but I think Saturday will probably be a good indication um, that if Kyogo isn't going to make the cup final, and again, that is that's up in the air just now. We don't know as far as the press are reporting today he's going to get a scan, so we'll, we'll likely know within the next couple of days. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does at the weekend because even 
if Kyogo is going to be fit and available for the cup final, I think that's what we're all hoping and praying is the case. You want to get some some minutes into his legs just in case that this situation arises again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got to say though, I think I've said that a couple of times that I don't, I never really feel that uh, Dijen's a, a winger. He, he never fits that mold for me. I don't think his crossing's brilliant, but he works so hard. So I actually prefer him through the middle. Like I, I think he's really effective there. I don't think he's nearly as clinical as or as, as good a goal scorer as um, Kyogo, but he works so hard for the front. It just occupies a whole back four on his own and it allows, say, a bad or Jota to come into the striker's role. So I quite like Maeda there. And I think if Kyogo can't make the cup final, I would start Maeda. Because I think he's got a bit more experience and a bit more experience in that system and in those games. Um, that being said, I would like to see all feature for the start before that to give the manager the headache. Because if all comes in and scores a hatchet against Aberdeen, say, then you think, oh, wait a minute, hold on here. And you can see how he, how he does over a full game because we've only seen sort of wee cameos and if he was like the type of striker that, you know, it, he's at penalty pox, sort of, you will get those wee, those wee extra uh, knock-ins and stuff like that, right place, right time kind of striker. Um, so I would like to see all before the, the final start of the game, but I suspect if, he, if Kyogo isn't fit, it would be Maeda that starts. And it just a wee, I saw Paddy... Lavery in the chat. Paddy, your cards are on the way, pal. I've not forgot about you. I hope there's plenty of X's on it. Uh, Brian, just to kind of, you know, bring that into the conversation there as I was checking my phone there, I, I was looking to see who, who we played in the, the semi-final, the last time we played Rangers at Hamden, and we went with Dyson Maida through the middle then. It was a bad in the right-hand side and Jota in the left-hand side, which maybe wouldn't be too far away with what we would possibly say, but again... James, you know, a, a big thing a lot of people said, you know, with, with Yakimakis departing the building was, even though he didn't score against Rangers in any of the derby games, it always gave the centre-halves a torrid time due to his physicality. We know that, that O has got that in his locker, maybe not to the same extent as Yakimakis, but O's also got that that way that he can he turn a player. But again, you know, as Brian says, the, the system, I think, is always going to be the thing that the manager, you know, has that focus on. It was something he was trying to do last season, you could see it wasn't working because the personnel just went there to do it. But I'm in a position that the, the system to me from that semi-final was in a lot better place. Um, and the, the team, likely, if that was to be the case and Dyson played for the middle, wouldn't be too far away from that Celtic team that played that Scottish Cup semi-final. But I think, you know, even from then, we've made improvements in the way that we play. Yeah, especially in some of the winger brought in players like Hacks about which the team has... I can't even say the team's covered leaps and bounds because we're still very good at that point. But the, the next few weeks will be very telling as to how we're going to line up in that if we see Kyogo back, if he's not back. Uh, I would like to see O play for the middle. We've signed him to be the backup striker to hopefully eventually come in over Kyogo. So we've hardly really seen him play either. We've seen five, ten minutes here and there. We've seen him play a wee bit. We've seen him score. But unless you're an avid fan of the K-League, then we you don't fully know about Ohio and Goose, so we'll need to see how he plays. It looks a lot more similar to a Yakimakis mould than a Kyogo mould. So if he can cause some trouble for that Rangers backline, much like Yakimakis did, it will sort of wield some good results. But like you were saying earlier, if Maida plays for the middle, there's no problems with that either. We know he can cause havoc to Rangers as well from the wings, we've seen, but through the middle, I'm sure he would have a similar effect. 
Yeah, it's an interesting word. It's great that we've got the option that we're not thinking, you know, we, we, we need to shoehorn in. I know some people would say that's what you're doing with Dyes and Maida, but as I say, he plays that role very well um, for Japan. Just to give a shout out to our tie-in with uh, One Star. Um, if you'd have caught last week on the pod, we had Paul Lambert and Simon Donnelly on. If you've not watched it, do catch up with it. Um, really good insight from Paul Lambert. There's even some from words of wisdom there from the League Cup final, another um, League Cup final back there in 97 when, of course, Celtic went to Ibrox and beat in the United in the first trophy, one under Vim Janssen. It's a cup, you know, speaking to a lot of the players in that team, particularly Jackie McNamara, that said that, you know, it was a big step and the, the team actually that season believing that they could go on to win the league. You know, a lot of people were comparing that season uh, with our sales last year. So, one star are putting on an event at the Armadillo um, this year to celebrate 25 years since stopping the 10. Um, Axom are giving away two general tickets um, for the event. So all you have to do is subscribe to the channel. And um, we've got a pair of tickets there. So if you're not already doing it, please do subscribe to the channel. We're not too far off, nearly hitting 20.7k subs, which is a, a phenomenal going um, so please do subscribe if you haven't already and you'll be in the chance to win those fantastic tickets it's free to do so why not do it click the big button um, back to back to that debate then Brian for, for me if you know the manager is to probably go with Ohinga at Hamden Saturday with a big tail, tail factor in that against Aberdeen you're going to need to see him get a lot more minutes than what we've seen so far is that why you think and you'd possibly be in the side of thinking that the manager would opt for Dyson Maida instead? Yeah. As I say, I think it'll be a, a, a... I think as well, if you play O for the start, then they might be thinking, oh, he's definitely going to start against us in the cup final, and then also Maeda starts, and that's different preparation. So we could be a bit of main games in it as well, but I think whether he's going to start against um, them or not, I think O has to get a full game in so as he's ready, just in case. Because you never know how the game's going to go. It could be the case that, you know, something happens to one of the wingers, and may then gets moved back out wide, and all has to come in. So as all can happen, so I think the squad will be as, as ready as possible. And talking about the last, the, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final, I think we're a, a different beast for then. I think in terms of the style of play, there's obviously no change, but there's a, a real resilience about the team. You see that, you know, the amount of times we're scoring late, we just were kind of refusing to lose. You sound stupid, right? But you can see in the players, they're just, no, we're going to win. We're going to win no matter what. I absolutely loved um, Strachan and Angie's conversation after the, the, the game the other day. So uh, people that watch will know Gordon Strachan's one of my favourite upper Celtic managers. I think he's done an exceptional job. I think he's really underrated in this sort of pantheon of managers. Very very witty as well, Brian. That's one thing right. I like about him. Um, I know you right. don't judge a manager and his patter, but um, you know, if you're judging him on that, he's, he's world-class in the sharpness and the patter. He's world-class. I remember uh, the, the famous one when the guy says, Gordon, can we make a quick word? And he says, velocity, and just walks on. <laughs> he got asked this one thing. This, um, I think it was when he was in charge of Coventry. And he says, Gordon, what areas do you feel the other team are better than you? And he says, well, the big green one out there for a start. <laughs> uh, but I loved, what I loved about him and Ange talking was the, they were talking about the fitness. And you could listen to them just talk about football and tactics all day. But I thought we were going to say the Gavin Strachan love in there. Sorry. Eh? <laughs> I thought we were going to say the Gavin Strachan love in there. No, I know the Gavin Strachan. He's, he's getting him and Kennedy have, have sort of recovered for the, the grief they took before. But I think um, 
them talking about the, the, the fitness and I never quite made the link because I was one of the things I liked about Strachan's team was they were so fit and I remember talking to Scott McDonald one time when he played and he was saying that when he played against opposition teams when it got to the last 10 minutes whether they were winning or losing they always dropped back and you could tell they started getting nervous because they knew Celtic were score because they were fitter mm-hmm. and you see that in Angie's team as well there's that sort of real resilience real high level of fitness mm-hmm. and it just never seemed beat and if you look at what Strachan's team achieved you know, last 16 twice, they just never looked beat. No matter what the scores, you always felt they were going to win, they were going to pull it back somehow. And I feel that with Angie's team. And then you add in the fact that Angie's team is playing exceptional attacking football with a brilliant squad. So um, I think the, the difference with the previous game against them in the Cup to this one coming up is that shift in mentality. And I think that's what we'll see through regardless of who he picks. Yeah, and again, you know, you were up against a team there who, for a start, had a different coach. That was a treat. Uh, 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 and them, you know, they went all the way in a, a European final. They went all the way in a Scottish Cup final in that. That was something that had been built into their mentality. We, at that point, I think after extra time, looked like a team that was starting to become a bit weary on our feet. And I don't really think we'd got to the point in the system, Brian, as you say, that the manager wanted or expected these two, just to look at the subs that day as well. Our first two subs were Furuhashi on for uh, Abada and O'Reilly on for uh, Tom Rogic, and then we brought Ralston on for Juranovic, we brought Welsh on for Taylor, um, and Forrest came on for, for Dyson Maida. So just kind of looking at that, I think any subs you would bring on uh, likely to be stronger um, th- th- than those, obviously, that extra one in there because we went to extra time that day. But I totally agree with what you say. I think the whole system and the way that we play football just now is a, a far way away from that game. Um, you know, the other people on the bench, you know, Julian McCarthy, Johnston, Adeguchi, um, not a, a lot of choices compared to what a Celtic bench would look like at this point in time. So it's an interesting one. And I, I found it fascinating myself. I, I, the particular point, you know, Gordon really do a lot of detail with that kind of 35 yard point about Celtic to play with a team um, and again you know you wouldn't have always thought as striking as this kind of technical manager particularly in my time I kind of I was young watching his Celtic team I kind of more remember him as a Scotland boss it's not something that I would have always thought obviously towards the end of that Scotland uh, management say I would get absolute pace for talking about height um, and, and players um, being a I mean, I didn't say to Scottish players, but uh, I found it really, really interesting. I would like to see that as a sit-down uh, chat, um, Gordon uh, and Big Ange. I think it would certainly make for for interesting viewing. Um, from one cup, James to another, we'll, we'll go over to the Scottish Cup where we got the draw yesterday. Um, Biffy Clyro made it all. You a fan of Biffy Clyro, by the way? What myself? Aye, I've, I can't be a Scottish fan and all that, but I could they tell you a single Biffy Clyro song. Nah. Uh, the, the captain's a that's a that's a better many a four Brian I that the one you says there that's that's the that's one I know but I love it aye. so it counts aye no listen it's it's only like an album that I know it's like an album cover I've got I think it's like kites or something as the front cover and um, but I know they're Kelly fans as well and a lot a few people thought it was a, a few of the old hot boys um at play last night I don't really subscribe to that um although. You know, Celtic are on the road um, in the, the Scottish Cup uh, now. And the first positive, Brian, is we'll probably get the whole Roseburn stand that we've now got for, I think, since 2019. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I hopefully. Um, it'd be good to... <clears throat> yeah, I always think it, it never makes sense to me when you see stands empty and, and you know Celtic fans would take them. It, it's, it's always seems like clubs are always cutting their noses off despite their face because, look, the chances are they're going to lose the game anyway, right? And I'm not saying clubs should give up, but be sensible, make a bit of money off it at least. If you're going to get a spanking, then get a spanking me a few quid. I hope they do sound like that and uses it against me at some point, but yeah. yeah. Uh, James, what's your take on it? Because I think the, the rule in the Scottish Cup's 20%. Um, I, I, I was at Tynecastle that night, the last time that we got the full stand, I was there for the full free game in October, but there's something missing. It's always great, I, I think, you know, following Celtic anywhere, whether it's Easter Road, Tynecastle, previously at Ibrooks when you were getting that full stand behind the goal Mother was another one that you get it it's always great to create an atmosphere um, but listen I know Hearts you know would bat right back saying you know we've sold tickets in there and whatever um, but it'll be nice you know for Celtic to get that full stand again behind the goal and hopefully see us uh, book our place in the semi-final of the cup come then yeah it'd be good to get as many Celtic fans there as possible considering the always toxic atmosphere that is Tyne Castle, but considering that they've sort of made some decent strides, they've had two wins in Europe, so there's sort of a bit rejuvenated fan base. The fans have been coming in, their numbers have been getting good ticket sales there, so I'm sure they'll get a good crowd in as well. But just, uh, that was one of the draws that I was hoping not to get. I mean, mm. so the worst possible scenario for draws you could have got there was Ibrox or Tynecastle and that's what we've got and he's 2-1 two and, two and one at Tynecastle in his management the first one was his first league game which I'm sure you could probably let him off with that one and then two wins there since then but they've always been tough games I remember we were a Leon Boyce penalty away from dropping points and then the 4-3 the 4-3 game but I don't really want to get into the VR discussion again we've talked about that far too much in the podcast but again, it was a tough game, really tight. And it will be something similar when we face about Tide Castle next. Because Hearts, third in the league, far and away third in the league, and they'll always give it a good game. But should be strong enough to get past them. It's a game that Celtic should be winning. We would be winning it in the league, and we're probably going to win it here as well. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, you know, VAR, that was the first game I think it was ever used to us. And the league, that seems a hell of a long time ago, um, but hopefully it doesn't take as much precedent as it did that day. 
Although I would have my reservations about it actually doing that. Um, but Brian, just kind of looking at the, the fiction of this, uh, I said before we came on, I have a rescheduled game against Hearts and the league is going to be played in the 8th of March at Celtic Park. That's already been decided. That game was meant to be the weekend, um, the, the cup finals on, so that's already been put in the diary. That's the, the 8th of March, meaning that we're going to play Hearts twice in the space of, you know, minimum, uh, sorry, maximum five days. But it's likely that the game's either going to be Saturday or Monday because uh, Scotland play Ireland uh, at Murrayfield on the Sunday. Obviously, you wouldn't play a Friday night, having played Wednesday. Probably likely to be Saturday, half five. Don't know about Monday. Um, that seems to be the BBC slot. It used to be the Darvel slot so, until they get absolutely battered off the Burns last night. Um, but it's going to be interesting because I always kind of... I don't worry about it, but playing a team twice in such close proximity can have its problems. Um but again, I think as James says, we should have enough quality and depth to, to get through both games unscathed, hopefully pick up three points in the league and book our place in the semi-final. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we, we spoke about rotation earlier on, so we, I thought I don't have any trouble playing them twice in a short space of time because we could totally change our, our starting eleven if we wanted to. And, and it's a, a different game, right? Um, in terms of the draw, I, I didn't really care who we got. I'm kind of mm-hmm. some a bit... Even when it was the Champions League draw, I, I was happy with anybody. I always think, you know, Celtic on form, play anybody. I, I'd rather play the best every um, every step of the way and win it than, you know, get the wee, the wee sneaky teams and then try and get it. I, I like the challenge. I think it's um, it's one of the, the, the brilliant things about Celtic is we always seem to rise to it all the time. And um, I, I always think the atmosphere is brilliant at Tynecastle. I actually think Scotland should play their, the Scottish football team should play their home, their home games there to the Hamden um, because it's, it's always a cracking atmosphere it's a stadium no a huge fan of their fan base to be fair and I think if they can agree that they're some of the I had a great, great Saturday afternoon the last time I was there a particular gentleman who was making uh, very rude signs towards me towards the whole <laughs> game but when Taylor scored the winner towards the end of the game Brian I was a great time Aye, aye, it's always good to uh, um, put them in their place and as we want to do. Um, but I think the players like that. I think as you can tell in that sort of atmosphere, there's certain players that thrive under it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, again, going back to the squad mentality, I think they enjoy that challenge. I think they enjoy being pushed and pressed. And, and actually, going back to this Mirren game, the way St Mirren pressed the back, no many teams have done that to us domestically. And you can see, I mean, Carter Vickers particularly seem to absolutely thrive. See against Big Curtis Main and, and getting pressed with him, Carter Vickers was still mm-hmm. moving to the side and just doing his normal pass, just super composure. But I, you could tell they, they sort of liked that challenge. Starfield, I was worried about just because he he's so aggressive at times. Uh, he wants to win everything all the time, and sometimes you can't. Uh, but even then, he he acquitted himself well, um, penalty aside. So I, I think they'll thrive under that. I think they, they like the pressure. Um, and that always gives me great confidence going into these games, especially cup games. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair uh, shout. My, my dad's motto always in the Scottish Cup, Brian, is, you know, the Cup, play anybody. If you're going to win it, you need to beat anybody. So that's the way we should always go. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be tasty. Um, but I think that's a good shout there. In terms of Cameron Carter-Vickers, it was, you know, not nice to see him get a challenge, but you could tell he was thriving in it. You know, and it was a real tough test up against Curtis. I mean, who we know has got that physicality in his game, but... No, no issues at all for the big man. You know, he got man of the match. I think he was very much deserving 
of it. Um, I thought Daisy Maida was also in me. I shout, yeah, I thought he was excellent on Saturday, just the way he was aggressive, he was pressing, and the fact he had to change positions in the game. But speaking about defenders, which is on nicely to today's uh, rumour mill, James, um, we'll, we'll cover it because it's, it's, it's there. Um, it's an old pal Fabrizio Romano again, who we know just to get everything right, don't we? We've been heard, you know, nonsense before from Fabrizio, but he's quite a well-placed source, so you need to give him his place. And on this, if anybody's not seen it, um, just get the comment up here. Carol Starfield, um, here that is here. Fabrizio Romano saying today, Premier League teams are looking at Carol Starfield. Are you surprised about that at all, James? Or is that, you know... Is that something that you expected to eventually see just based on his performances? I'd be lying if I was to say that I wasn't shocked when I saw the news come out. I think if you're looking at Celtic's backline, probably the one that you'd least expect to have the Premier League interest would be Carl Starfield. I thought mm-hmm. it would have been Kevin Carter-Vickers that the Cubs would be after. But uh, I moved to a lower Premier League team I think it could be something that could be on the cards come the summer I think he'll be 27, 28 come the summer he's not exactly the youngest of players so but I, I'm, I'm pretty surprised to be honest I don't know what sort of fee we would try and command for Starfield either because we signed him for about 3-4 million pounds yeah, so if you could double that or even triple that then I think you would you would take the money and you've got a ready made replacement in Kobayashi and it's something that we've seen Celtic do so often. And I know the summer window's ages away, but if the situation were to arise where a player would go, we've got quality to come in straight away. And that's just, again, a testament to Ange's transfer policy. Yeah, it's it's interesting in terms of Brian. You know, I always find that it kind of likes a wee bit Tiakimakis in terms of age, profile, where they're at how that works for Celtic at this point in time. So as James touched on, Carlos Starf at this point is 27. He'll be 28 come the 1st of June. He signed for Celtic in the summer of 2021. It was a fee of around £4 million. If you remember, if you remember right, Chris Iyer had just departed the building, I think, for about £15 million when Big Iyer left. And right away, Starfield was unveiled. They used a bit of David Bowie, if you remember right, to unveil him. He used the old Starman stuff, which I thought was really impressive, by the way. As a big Bowie geek, I was like, ah, well done, Celtic. I like stuff like that. So he's came in. He's obviously formed that solid partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, he's split opinion at times, I think it's fair to say, by Celtic fans. Not everybody's been a big fan of Carol Starfelt. Um, certainly myself, I think he's you know, a good player. And uh, I've been impressed with his partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. Incredibly when he and Vickers have started a game together in the league, Celtic have never been beat, which is quite an incredible start. Um, but you saw possibly the injuries creeping a wee bit, if you think, in the first part of the season. Obviously, he was out after picking up an injury with Sweden. He came back, if I'm right, um, played at Tanadice. He scored, having played at Rugby Park and scored. Came into the Rangers game, got subbed off, injured. Jens came back on. Um, where do you think we're at with Carol Starfield kind of nearly two years in here so Starfield's an interesting one so I kind of liken him to Joe Hart in a way and that I think Starfield's an excellent defender I've always been pretty consistent I think he's he's, he's absolutely solid defensively but I do get concerned that as Ange wants to see the team progress and get better and better I don't think his ball work's going to improve that much more and it's the same with Joe Hart. As good as Joe Hart's been, if we really want to move up to another level, we will need a keeper with the, who's better with the ball at our feet. So the reason I say the summer is, if 
Callister, I think, was to go. I would be, I'd be probably quite gutted because I think he's been good for us. But Kobayashi, I think, has been brought in to be his replacement. You know, left-sided, very good with the ball at his feet. It looks like that's Angie's way of going. So I think that he'll probably be replaced, whether it's, you know, whether he wants to or not. I think longer term, Angie's going to look to replace him anyway. The same with Joe Hart. And I don't think it's a reflection on the players. I think mm-hmm. it's just as things progress, he'll need the squad to keep progressing and keep getting better. He's a guy who, and who is always about sort of evolution and improving and challenging yourself. And I don't get the impression he goes, that's my best partnership. That's fine. Don't you worry. I think you'll be expecting Kobayashi to step up and then Carter Vickers to eventually go and somebody to replace him. I think that's just how his mind works. So, you know, I like him. I think if we want to move forward, I think we do need a, a partner that's closer in quality, Carter Vickers, and better the ball at his feet. Um, and I, I th- I'd say the same about Joe Hart. Um, so really happy with them both. But yeah, I, I suspect if he goes, I'd be quite comfortable. And actually, Liam, Liam, the man from Japan, a fellow Axon contributor, he um, he he thinks Kobayashi is going to be a longer term, the far better player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really high on him, thinks he's he's got huge potential. So there's also a reason he's been brought in, and it could be the case that, that Carol's away. Brian, it's bad a, one there. I think I've made the point on the podcast a few times before, but if we want to progress in Europe, you're ultimately going to be ruthless when you're assessing the squad. I play like Starfield, he's a good player, solid enough for the Scottish Premiership, but if Celtic want to progress in Europe, which I ultimately think Andrew's main aim at Celtic will be to progress the team in Europe, and after he's done that, he will eventually leave. You've got to look at the squad as a whole. He's this player, he's good, but we can do better. Celtic can do better than Carl Starfield, I think, but he's a solid enough player for the Scottish football. I want to bring in um, some comments from our contributors in this, because as I say, I said he splits opinion, the big man, and we've got some split opinions, so we'll bring it in. So David first, he says that Starfield's been brilliant for Celtic. He can't understand how fans think he'll be easily replaced. Robert Hyland comes in to say, how anyone thinks Starfield has been brilliant is beyond me. Um, Will McMillan comes in to say Starfield is a championship player for him and then David comes in to say players that look after themselves can play at the top level well in their mid-30s 27-28 years he isn't old anymore and another one in here to say he's been reliable so there you go there's a flavour of just some mixed opinion to bring in on Carl Starfield um, just in terms of the profile which I think is the thing I'm kind of trying to get at here Brian I think you made a really good point and the manager always speaking about that evolution how to progress how to get to a, a better side. It's not anything against any particular player. It's just looking at them, take the name out of the equation, take the age of them, take their ability and everything else and then see where we're at. Is it an indication in the January window when we sell a striker who was 27-28 and a fullback who's 27-27, I think Juranovic was. I know Ranj kept saying he was 28. That, and then we go for two younger profile players. Is that you know, an example of how the manager wants the model to work, that you have players, you get to that point, because, you know, Starfield, the, the comment coming in there about his age from David, about, you know, it isn't old, but we know that value starts to, to dip a bit as they get to that wee bit older stage. Is it an indication in January of how things will move forward with players that are starting to get to that point? Um, no saying that when somebody turns 27, we'll have them out the door, but for some, that the manager will think, right, okay, can possibly get you know 10 15 million pounds here i'll take that i'll reinvest it i'll get a younger guy in and that's how it works is that how it needs to work from now on 
So I, I think overall the answer would be yes, um, but I, th- I don't think it's just the manager. I think that's how, if you look at the Celtic's traditional player trading model, really since Law came in, we had this idea of getting these players in, making them Champions League caliber was the, always the, the, the selling point and then selling them on. I don't think that's particularly changed. I just think Andrew's better at it than anyone else has been. I think if you look at the players he's signing in general, um, they're inexpensive, they come from sort of unpopular leagues and they're at quite a young age. And the idea being, but it, the difference with him picking these players is they fit the team and they fit the dynamic of the team, whereas before we were just kind of finding players and just going, well, he's young, he's quite good, get sign him in without consideration of how they're going to fit in the, the system of the team. And, and so I just, I think as well as it's Angie's decision, I think it's a club decision. And I think Angie knows how to work within that mould. The other thing to consider kind of about staff out in Juranovic. So they were two more expensive players. Well, Juranovic wasn't too bad, but he was still a bit more than we normally pay. If you consider Matt Riley was one million, Cole, mm-hmm. uh, Cole Bush is Free. Stories, a, a million or 800 grand or something like that. Staff out was also about four million, but at the time we were desperate for a centre-half. I mean, we, we had to just buy and get in. I don't think we had... Andrew's basically making up a whole squad and I don't think we had the uh, <laughs> I don't think we had uh, the luxury. <laughs> that's really good <laughs> that I like that yeah. uh, I don't think we had the luxury of getting players younger and bringing them on I think we had to have a few sort of key players in and then you've seen transfers since they've all been a bit younger and a bit more into that traditional mould um, and listen it's something that's about some 40 this year I'm in no way thinking that 28 year old is too old right I, mm. I Skin a grown man alive to be 28 again. But Declan, you're right in terms of value. Players, unless they're a superstar, don't tend to go for a lot of money when they get to that 30 mark. They seem to have a lot of free transfers because you, you don't tend to get long-term deals unless you're Thiago Silva. Um, so I think we, we have to sort of trust the process and I, I think you're right. I think Andrew's been canny enough to sort of go, right, this is where we need to improve the team, get them in January, so by the summer, they're up to speed and if he needs to improve anyone else, then they can come in and they can replace them and so on. And I think he said as well, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something about don't don't you know get too close to players or, or don't, don't be too close to your heroes, yep. However it is, yeah. I can basically I'll punt them if, <laughs> if that rises. And, um, and he's quite right because no player is bigger than the club. And I think the way Anne sees it is the club's a collective, a Celtic football club, and then everybody else is just part of it. And I think that's quite a, a good way of thinking. It's a way that maybe previous managers or maybe as his fans we've not really looked at it that way before. Yeah. Certainly, you know, coming out, Celtic way to keep Carl Starfield. I'd be very much willing to keep Carl Starfield too. I think he's been an important player for us. Um, people right away are saying, you know, if 27, 28 is the selling age, we should worry about Kyogo. Then I'm not saying that every player that when they turn a certain age are not going to become DiCaprio FCs, I've been told. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the overview picture and taking every kind of wee nugget that the manager's given us about, as you say, Brian, we're getting attached to people and whatever else and how we evolve and move on. It's an interesting discussion to have because I think that's always something that Celtic's going to continually do. I think for our business model to work, which is important and how we do in the park, that we need to have, you know, we can't have that that same um, point that we got to two seasons ago when you've got players who have overstayed their welcome, didn't want to be there, and we've hung on to them, and we end up with a, a fee that, you know, can't be properly reinvested um, into the side. But yeah, sorry, 
Sorry, just just one quick point before we move on. Um, see, in terms of the Kyogo thing with age, I think it's slightly different for the Japanese players because they don't start playing until they're a bit later. So if you look at um, Hitati, who's 24, he's only been playing professionally for about two and a half years or something like that. You know, it's it's yeah, crazy. That's right. yep. uh, if you look at that, relatively speaking, you have to say it does vary if you play at the player. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but I think Hugo's got a, a long way. Even um, Anne says he's nowhere near his peak yet, which is quite interesting when you consider his age. But I think if you look at the, the, the Japanese players coming through, the fact that Nakamura's only just retired, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's a different way of doing it. So, um, well, there was a boy that was still playing in the top flight in the J League. He was 52, 53 years old, but he was still playing the oldest living professional footballer. I think his name was Mura. He was still playing there at 53 years old. Yeah, uh, well, I think uh, Craig Falconbridge, I think it was something that Paul was talking about, was still kicking the bother, who Celtic fans will remember for the season we were talking about uh, earlier on, but, but was still. You know, until fairly recently, I think we're still playing football. Um, it's just an interesting conversation he has. As I say, you know, it's interesting. That obviously, that we brought Kobayashi in. Brian, you bring it to that point now that Japan will probably be looking at him as someone who they want to break into their their first team um, due to the age profile of Yoshida and everybody else, um, and what that kind of means for Starfield. But as I say, I think my point in Starfield just now is I think he's a, a valuable player to our team. He's an integral part of our team. Um, and as long as he's happy at the club, I'd be more than willing um, to, to keep him there. But uh, again, it was a shame for him. I think he only played uh, one Champions League game for us, if I'm correct in saying that was a 5-1 Molin in the, yeah. the Bernabeu because he's injury too. So um, hopefully the injury's well behind him and he kicks on. Um, but for me, he's an important player for us at this point in time just now. I think it was just something that I wanted to touch on because it was there and looking at the age and everything else that comes into it with, with market value as well as that his contract's up at Celtic in 2025 you know similar to possibly Yakimakis players at that age um, look to to cash in possibly in a big final payday um, which he might do also but again he may be looking um, at renewing his contract at Celtic and whatever that would entail uh, also it's it's kind of strange at this point Brian because see as I say earlier when we're talking about the squad Playing the one game a week, but kind of usually in a Tuesday, looking towards the winds of the game, but it's not that point. So, just kind of taking a wee step forward um, to, towards Aberdeen at the, the, the weekend. It shouldn't be a game that we're worried about. We've got our old player, Barry Robson, uh, in the dressing room. I don't think it's a job that Andrew's been linked to. Um, I think he's been linked to everywhere else. My local team up the road, Partick Fissel, I don't know if they've maybe contacted him too. Um, I don't even know, maybe what Motherwell might even have a wee interest in Anser because he seems to get linked to everybody else. Um, but looking at this Aberdeen game, uh, hopefully he's not tied up in a chair um, upstairs with two bodyguards outside the door and he does the press before Aberdeen. But just kind of looking towards that game, it'll be game 26 in the league and it should hopefully just be another routine tick off. But again, do you think that the team that play against Aberdeen will be a good indication of what you're probably looking towards in the cup final? Um, no, I, I think that no. I, I don't think that it would be as, as simple as that. I think, as I say, I think O will probably start, but I don't think he'll start the cup final. I think he, he maybe give players maybe one last chance. So I think he probably have in his head who's going to start the cup final, probably. So I think maybe he's saying, right, let me just, if there's maybe a couple of players, maybe, no, maybe I'm not sure over Moy or O'Reilly, maybe start O'Reilly just to see. Um, so I think you may see that. I don't think you can be, I think. 
just in general, I don't think you can read too much into Angie's selections because we can never guess them. It's very rare that we get them right because he does tinker a wee bit. Now, it's never mass changes. It's always wee bits now and again. Um, only point about him getting tied up to the chair, I was laughing as well when he was um, talking to Gordon Strachan about it. When he was interviewed and he said, well, have you seen the size of John Kennedy? <laughs> Doesn't need any bodyguards. He'll tell me to sit down just do it, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and then obviously with the striking link as well, Barry Robson, um, is he still no reason he's taking, he's he's taking charge of Aberdeen at the weekend yeah. aye scored with his first touch that's right that's right aye it's a game that actually cl- played up if you, if you watch it by Aidan McGee does this ridiculous speed trick he kind of takes the ball back takes it and then puts the ball over I think it's Scott McDonald who gets the goal but I rope since a terrific free kick that just bends it right round the I think he's a, 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 a very underrated player for Celtic. Yes, I always yeah. remember the, the game against Rangers where he absolutely smashes Christian Daly, remember? Like first yep. minute. I think him <laughs> and Paul Hartley were, were an incredible partnership that season. We kept Scott Brown out of the team and then look how that turned out for, for Scott, you know. So um, the reason I mention that is if you look at these players coming in, maybe it's not the right time right now, but it doesn't mean it won't be. Certain players at certain time are just in a purple patch and um, so I, I don't necessarily think the team that plays against Aberdeen will be the one that starts um, against them in the cup final but I think um, I think it maybe be players last chance to sort of say no you need to start me uh, and that in itself is quite exciting because you expect a good performance As a Celtic team that I, I, I was eight when we won that title so I kind of remember it pretty well and always kind of look back and it quite fun to be uh, Big Jan Scott McDonald up top that, that midfielder uh, Robson Hartley um, and then the the back two Perna Caldwell McManus with big Boric and goals but not a bad team leaning other at left back whatever else um, remember it pretty well um, last 16 in the Champions League twice in the bounce right. right. you might just be a wee bit too young to remember that team if you sort of the first Celtic manager I remember I remember right. for Christmas when you know I got it was the DVD after Stratton won his third title that was that's sort of the first Celtic team I remember, so it's a bit strange now seeing Barry Robson in an opposing dugout against Celtic. Um, I'm just glad that there's another job sort of off the market that Ange could have been potentially linked with Jesse Marsh taking over at Southampton. Yeah. Later on, we've got Barry Robson maybe taking the reins at Aberdeen. But I don't think you can look too much into the Aberdeen game as an indicator for the sort of cup set, the cup final. I think unless O scores a hat trick or something against. Aberdeen, I'm fairly confident that will be Dice Maida up front, as uh, Brian was saying there. Yeah. That's if Kyogo's no fit, he might be back, he might be actually yeah. alright. If you remember, yeah. right, he, he got that injury against uh, Rangers and he came on as a sub, I think, three or four days later against Real Madrid, so you might give him a wee bit more time to heal up. But it looked alright walking around the pitch on Saturday after the game. Um, so hopefully here's hoping and praying. He never seems okay. to get a proper crack at it against Rangers. There's always sort of something up with Kyogo Aye. where he's playing off the left or he's got an injury now he's just he'll just be coming back from an injury so whether he'll start it'll be in the bench who knows mm. but well, let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope he's fit yep no ho- hopefully um, we'll finish on this um, Robert's highlighted it Barthcast to return to Celtic at the end of the season obviously it came out yesterday oh, Brian that Utrecht um, are not going to be able to foot the bill for, for Big Barky as we know him as meaning that he'll come back Paul did a great thread. Um, I don't know if it was on his own Twitter or the actual Twitter, Jason, in terms of the lone players at Celtic 
have got out. He's certainly not one player, Brian, who I think will be back playing in a Celtic jersey anytime soon. Oh, big hologram ones. No, I hope not. <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting when you think about that, actually. Well, I, I, I'm uh, no one Twitter now, but obviously in the summer we could have Ayeti, Barkas, Sorrow, Urugidi, Shaw. I don't know if Hazard's here or he's back at Lone. He's back now, yep. Back at, and then you could also have maybe Starfield leaving, Welsh, don't what's happening with him, Johnson coming back. It, so it's a mad summer again. You know, I can't, it's meant to think that Sorrow's still their player. It feels so long ago that, you know what I mean? Like, so um, I'd be interested to see you, but Barkas, listen, I, I, I'd give him for my and he'll come back. He's, <laughs> he's got to be my one of my least favourite Celtic players of all time. I'm sure he's a lovely guy and I wish him a good career, but he was rotten for me. Rotten. Yeah, he was coming out in the media uh, when he first went to Utrecht, so he wouldn't recommend joining Celtic to any player. So you really want to give a second chance to a guy that has an attitude like that towards the club and also a player who was perhaps the worst player I've ever seen in a Celtic shirt. And I don't well, think... Is, is that... Uh, you, you going with that? Mine's is John Joe Kenny, by the way. John Joe I thought Kenny, he was absolutely Barcast rotten. Barkas was worse for yeah, me. Okay. Barkas was... Is, yeah, I think Barkas... I don't know if he's worst player ever, but you think about that, because we've had some crackers over the years. You, you, um, you, you were the 90s man, Brian, so you're, you're going to have a lot worse experience. Yeah, Remember Dewey, the big Chinese centre half where they played yep. 45 minutes against Clyde and back up. Yep. Against Enroy Keane's debut, he's got to be up there yep. as well. We should maybe make our worst, our worst ever Celtic 11 for, for next time we're on the show, boys. Let's, let's do that. Because that would be well, interesting. Do, doing a, a, a 11s like that with Axom, I think it was COVID time when we did a cult hero a, a, a 11. Yeah, um, I, I, I'll be there somewhere if you go and dig it out. Be interested to maybe go back to that because. Somebody like Yakimakis could actually be chapping at the door to get into that team because, you know, a player in the half season type of thing. Um, but again, it depends um, what uh, people uh, define as a cult hero and, and what that is, whether it's the, the way they dress, whether it's the way they are as a football player, or whether it's how long they're at the, the, the club for. Brian, just to kind of finally finish there, it touches on that back, I think, is there anybody at this point in time, as I asked you, midway through February, you expect to come back to Celtic and be in the equation? Is it somebody like Adam Montgomery and Mikey Johnson you expect to come back? No, if I'm honest. Um, no. I, I thought, if anyone, Montgomery's probably got the the, the most chance because of his age. And I think he's, he's done pretty well in his own spells. But, and I actually thought he was doing all right under Ange at first, but I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, he's, is he better than Bernabe or Taylor? I don't know. I'm not convinced. So I, I wouldn't see it. Johnson's the interesting one because I think he's done quite well in Portugal and I know I did like him but again if you look at Rocco Vata coming through there's player Haksabanovic getting another full season under him and stuff I don't think there's any room for him so so hopefully not um, but yeah we, we don't know just um, it'll be good to see I'll think about it tonight while I'm having my, my jelly and ice cream after my, my Valentine's Day dinner there you go uh, a pudding I think fit for any Celtic fan in, in Valentine's Day but we'll leave in that thanks to everybody who's joined us as I said midway through the show if you haven't already please do subscribe to the channel we've got a pair of tickets there for the one star event to a, it's a tribute night to Vim Janssen and it's 25 years since they stopped the 10 it should be a cracking night so please do subscribe to the channel James Bryan good to catch up thanks for all the commenters and we'll catch you tomorrow on a Celtic State of Mind
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.